Okay, we can start whenever. All right. Welcome to episode six. Wait, who's starting this one? Well, apparently I was. (laughs) I think you started it last time. I'm doing, I do even numbers. Oh, okay. Okay. Can I read it? (laughs) It just says, welcome to episode six. That's fine, because I'm going to mess it up (laughs) if I don't. Okay. Hello, and welcome to episode six of C3, Crystals, Cauldrons, and Cocktails. I'm Ren. And I'm River. And on this episode, we're going to talk about herbs. Yes. But first, are are you having a cocktail? I am. And actually, this is the very first episode that we are recording together. Yay! It's very exciting. I'm... She came over to my house <laughs> yes. and she cooked me dinner, you guys. Yes, I cooked. I am much of a chef. Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> I made b- delicious eggs. Huevos <laughs> rancheros. Fancy eggs. Yes. Fancy eggs and some quesadillas. And what are you drinking that goes so well with these eggs? I am drinking a margarita. Of course you are. Yes. Nice. I'm not drinking something as fancy as a margarita. Well, it's different. I am drinking what's called a sriracha. I think, I don't know if I've had one of these on on any of these episodes or not. Mm -mm. Um, It is basically a dirty martini with sriracha sauce in it. My mouth is watering and I'm actually drinking one, so I don't (laughs) know what's up with that. But anyway, it's it's pretty good. So we're both going to talk about herbs. I've picked two herbs to talk about, but there's a little bit of history that I think Wren has. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, herbs are, have been pretty much associated with magical properties and healing for as long as humans have ever existed. Yeah. Before modern medicine, nature was the medicine. All plants have their own energies. If you go outside and you sit quietly, you can feel it. I yeah. can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And herbalism is the study of botany for medicinal and magical purposes. And I think you had a definition. Mm -hmm. I have like a more general, like, what is an herb overall? So an herb is the most basic definition. Well, (laughs) try to paraphrase and it says the most basic definition of an herb is is, instead of an herb is the most basic definition of an herb. An herb is an herb. An herb is an herb. Uh, the most basic definition of an herb is a plant whose fragrance or taste lends itself to cooking, healing, or perfumes and colognes. An herb generally t- refers to the part of the plant that grows above ground, mainly the leaves and flowers, but it can have an alternate definition depending on how the plant is both viewed and used. See, that's interesting to me because when I was doing research for this, I found that the moon actually affects the different parts of the herbs and when you should harvest them. Mm -hmm. So like during the full moon, you harvest the plants that are above the ground, the parts of the herb that are above the ground. And during a new moon, when the gravitational pull isn't pulling the the energies up, you harvest what's below the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember you told me that like the other day and I was like, oh, that's really cool because I hadn't, I hadn't seen anything yeah. about that. Which it makes sense. I mean, you know, the, the moon affects the tides and when the, the moon is strongest, the tides are high and the moon is the, the new moon. Supposedly it is um, more the, the earth pulls the yeah. energies back in. Yeah. 
which I, you know, I'm all for the moon and stuff. I like you, I love the moon energies and everything. So you do. You love moon magic. Yeah. I also have that herbs have many pleasing properties, like like their taste, their aroma, their appearance, their texture, and their effects that they have on us. For most commercial purposes, an herb refers to plants used in culinary, um, like cooking and everything. Mm -hmm. And in the book that I'm using, which I can actually say is called The Modern Witchcraft Guide to Magical Herbs by Judy Ann Nock. Mm -hmm. I'll also link this in the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. But in this book, the herb will refer to either a plant or a specific part of the plant. So whenever I talk about a specific herb, I'll be able to say, oh, this is the flower bud or this is part of the root. Oh, or I don't have something. that kind mm-hmm. of information. Well, some of it I do on one of mine. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, my book that I use is my favorite book. It's Anju Kiernan, and she has written The Ultimate Guide to Witchcraft. And she talks about how plants, even though they're not necessarily sentient in the way that humans think of sentience, they do react to the world around them. Mm-hmm. And some of those reactions we see instantly, like the Venus flytrap, yeah. as it closes on an insect, the mimosa plant, when you touch it, it curls up its leaves to, to get away from the touch. Mm-hmm. She also said that if you play music to certain plants and record their reactions, that if you speed up that recording, you can see the plants dance. Oh. Isn't that fascinating? That's so cool. That reminds me of a video I just saw. Of It was literally a video of the earth breathing. Don't know if it was, like, true or not. It was just, like, I didn't look into it or anything. But I think I've seen it before, like, multiple times. But it was really cool because it was, like, the earth moving and bending and it looked like it was breathing. So there oh, must be cool. like some scientific, like there was an earthquake, there was like a landslide, whatever, but it looked like it was breathing, which was really cool. That That is really cool. Mm-hmm. She says that, um, all, you know, touching, talking to plants have all been said to cause reactions in plants that affect its growth. So I'm, I'm guessing if we as witches want to grow herbs, then maybe it would be helpful to talk to them, to touch them, to play music for them. Yeah. add our energies and intent to them as they're growing yeah you know like you said herbs and witchcraft can vary depending on their use there's cooking like you said making Mm -hmm. medicines Mm -hmm. using them for scent purposes like perfumes uh and a lot of witches do grow their own herbs i've got several outside in my garden we've got mint and that i like to use in my teas Mm -hmm. um we have basil and parsley and all of that to cook with yeah and uh, a lot of the uh, herbs can be used in potions or other spell work from sachets or sachets, if mm-hmm. you're French, uh, to candles or and more. So I figure we'll probably do episodes on a lot of individual herbs. Like yes. today, I've only picked two and I have a lot to talk to about them. Yeah. But also episodes on how to make the sachets and bath recipes and... How to harvest them, how to mm-hmm. you know dry them, how to make a smudge stick, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So we've got lots and lots to talk about on herbs that will probably scatter throughout mm-hmm. our episodes so mm-hmm. that we aren't talking about herbs all the time because yeah. not everybody is. But is, I'm yeah, but I'm one of those people that's like really excited, so I would want to jump right into it next week. I don't know. I I love like the idea of doing like a two parter, like one part, two I part. Do too. But this is like a multi parter. I, I mean, I think so, there's going to be several. Yeah. I, I have something weird to tell you that I discovered. Okay. So did you know that there is an ointment out there that's called the witch's flying ointment? Mm. 
And no. Anju Kiernan, who wrote that book I've been that I always get my information out of, she says that ancient witches would use this ointment to fly. They would make it from poisonous plants like nightshade and hemlock and mix it with the fat from a newborn baby. Oh no. <laughs> And they smeared it on their broom handles and away they flew. That's so gross. I could just, okay, first of all, I'm a germaphobe. You know, like I, <laughs> I hate to touch things that I, uh, I just, I have to be in the mindset to like be able to touch something dirty. And I know that sounds so weird with coming from me who loves to garden and everything, but I, I can't sacrifice this baby without my rubber gloves on. <laughs> True. I'm just imagining the texture and like the greasy after feeling of the fat and like on a broomstick and you're sitting on the broomstick, however you sit on it, your butt cheeks or whatever are on the broomstick and getting oily too. I just, that's not a pretty picture for me. I really don't like it. She says, today, though, human sacrifices are not necessary to make this ointment work. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and she does have a recipe in her book. Okay. So um, when you post the link to this book for everybody, when you edit this, yeah. um, you all can go and check out her book. And I, I highly recommend it. It is my favorite book on witchcraft that okay. I've come across. And we've got tons and tons of books. Okay, yeah. So um, what what else do you have before we actually start talking about the individual herbs that we've picked? I have a little bit of brief history, but I also, and it's it's not a lot, but okay. I also have something that really interests me is like, it's called the greater and lesser planetary correspondence to the herbs. So it's oh. like what herbs correspond to the moon and Jupiter and Mars. And How interesting. So I'm going to talk about that after okay. I do a little bit of history. Okay. So herbs were used by ancient people to address ailments and pain. Through trial and error, herbal remedies were created and passed down anecdotally. I can't say <laughs> through, that word. Through trial and error. Yeah. Oops, grandpa died. Okay, yeah. we won't do that again. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were passed down through generations. So monasteries were built around herb gardens to specifically cultivate herbs for their healing powers. Wow, that's cool. Mm -hmm. These gardens became the first pharmacies and hospitals where sick would seek help from these oh, healing neat. powers of herbs. Yeah. And meanwhile, while wise women would cultivate other herb gardens and forage and, and um, hedgerows and woodlands seeking remedies of their own. You know, that, that reminds me where you say wise women. You know, the word witch is so subjective. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people out there that think witches are like they sacrifice babies and mm -hmm. use the baby fat mm -hmm. and make flying <laughs> ointment. Um, but really, they're wise women or wise men, because I believe witches can be men as well. Mm -hmm. And back in the past, they were revered. Mm -hmm. And now they're like, now we're all condemned. Yeah, now we're just horrible, I don't know, Yeah, it's people. crazy. Oh, yeah. And we have a... I brought my dog over to, to River's house. But River's dogs aren't very happy about that. So if you hear any any dogs <laughs> are whining because my dog is very unpleased in the new environment, she's sitting on my lap. She's a dachshund. And she's just whining and whining. And so, so if you hear that... Have some dog noises. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got several dogs in here. And actually, you guys, it's chilly here today. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of spring and it's cold. So we have a fire in the fireplace, which yes. is so much fun. And it's so odd because it's May. Mm -hmm. It's May of all months and we have a fire in the fireplace. But it also gives us that nice, warm, witchy vibe. Yes. So it's it's very pleasant and it's fitting since we are in person. So... 
It's really Which nice. It's so exciting yes. with COVID and all of that. We never get to see each other. And I'm back from traveling. I think last week I was up visiting a friend who mm-hmm. needed needed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's nice to be back here and see another friend who is is a good friend that I want to spend time with. Too, yes, so. yes. We don't get to do this often. Yeah, so. and this is nice. I'm excited to see what comes off with the podcast like vibes wise with us being together i'm excited to see Mm -hmm. if maybe we're a little bit more enjoyable to listen to when we're together i hope so and y'all need to let us know if this is a better episode than the other ones yeah um you were talking about history and i cut you off i'm sorry oh i finished the history okay uh which like i said it was very brief um, and now I'm going to move into the lesser, like the greater and lesser planetary correspondence. Oh yeah, terms, which that's I'm, right. That's I'm, so weird to me. Yeah, okay. I know, but I'm really, I'm really interested and excited about mm-hmm. this. So the sun corresponds to, and of course I'm going to butcher some of these names because I, yes, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm illiterate apparently. <laughs> so the sun corresponds to mistletoe, angelica, bay laurel, chamomile, lovage, rue. Rosemary, saffron, St. John's wort, walnut, borage, and marigold. Interesting. Which I feel like, I don't know the science or how they correlated in this yeah, book with curious the as sun how, and everything. What does that mean? Maybe that... something about them thriving in the sun more or they are, I don't know. I would have to yeah, me too, do a little bit more research. Like, how does Jupiter, you know, I, I don't understand mm-hmm. that correlation. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm going with we'll the have, book and it's very exciting. We'll have to do some episodes once we figure that out. Yeah. Or, yeah. or have our listeners tell us what it yeah. means. Tell us, please. Yeah. please. <laughs> um, Mars goes with, and I know you're going to love this, garlic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this drink I'm drinking right now, this um, sriracha, it's made with not just olive juice but garlic olive juice Mm-mm. it's so good garlic i'm allergic to garlic oh, it burns my it. mouth i'm sorry i love it i know i know you love it mm. it goes to on- mars goes to onion hops i'm also allergic to hops so mars is not for yeah, me mars is not for you <laughs> butcher's broom which i don't know what that is i don't either um i should have looked because i don't know what that is well we'll pick it one week and talk about yes. it yes uh nettles mm-hmm Horseradish, and I am also allergic to horseradish. <laughs> wow, Mars is pretty spicy. <laughs> it is. Uh, wormwood, broom, tobacco, barberry, hawthorn, and hip, hyssop. Hmm. H y s s o p. Hyssop. Hyssop. However, you would. Don't know. Where where you emphasize it, I'm not sure. So Jupiter goes with um, dandelion, sage. Uh, geez, I can't bet bet betony b e t o n y betony. Okay, <laughs> betony mm-hmm. betony betony. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> rose in we got that in one. dive. Yep, rose. rose. <laughs> Oak, chestnut, dock, sugar beet, which I've never heard of that one, hmm. and then fig. And I love a good fig. Yeah, me too. Saturn goes with oats, barley, rye, thistle, comfrey, elm, henbane, mullein, horsetail, hemlock, and moss. Hmm. And then the moon, which I is... I was going to say, is there... A, yeah, the, the moon, moon is my is my favorite, like, energy-wise, but let's see what the herbs are. Chickweed, iris, 
Cabbage, uh, Carly Sage, Willow, Water Lily, Water Cress, Lettuce, Poppy, and Cucumber. A lot of those are water yeah, full plants, Yeah, those are very... Which the moon, I guess, does affect water. It does affect the water mm-hmm. a lot, so... I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I feel like these, in a way, make sense to whatever they're under. I just don't know why. why? Yeah. Venus goes with mint, violet, fever few, mugwort, catnip, penny royal, thyme, tansy, burdock, marshmallow... I didn't know that was like a... I didn't a know there was a herb, herb marshmallow. If it, I, I love s'mores, so if it tastes anything like a marshmallow, <laughs> I'm down. Vervain, plantain, ladies' mantle, that's another one, and also rose. Hmm. Mercury goes with dill, clover, parsley, fennel, lavender, whorehound, if I'm saying that right, <laughs> summer savory, valerian, if I said that right, uh, marjoram, I can't... Marjoram. Marjoram, mm-hmm. rue, caraway, oregano, clover, and hazelnut. Interesting. And those are all of the planetary lesser and greater correspondence yeah, to we'll herbs that I have. Yeah, we'll have to do an episode on what all that means, because mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely going to go in depth. I really... I love herbs. I could talk about herbs all the time, just yeah, as crystals. me too. Me too. Oh, and crystals, for I sure. I love crystals. Yeah, that that episode that episode is going to be another one that we could go over for many many episodes. Yeah, for sure. Well, do you want to hear about the one of the herbs that I picked? Yes. So I picked the blue lotus, okay. which because it is a sedative for lucid dreaming, astral travel, spirit communication, and divination. Okay. Which I found fascinating. That is fascinating. And so I was like, what the heck is it? Mm-hmm. And it is apparently a water lily that grows mostly in Egypt and parts of Asia. I uh, found on online under www.healthline.com. Mm-hmm. And they talk about a whole bunch of herbs. And so I went to the section on the blue lotus flower. Mm-hmm. It says it's been used in traditional me- medicine for thousands of years as a natural aphrodisiac, sleep aid, and anxiety reliever. Oh, I need that. I have major anxiety. <laughs> yeah. It was used in Egypt as a traditional medicine to treat an array of conditions, including anxiety and insomnia. Yeah. Um, consuming the blue lotus flower makes you feel high mm. and can result in a gentle euphoria. It's legal in the United States, according to this article, except for in Louisiana. Why Louisiana? I have no idea. Louisiana's on something else. <laughs> I don't know. The Food Drug and Administration uh, people labeled the flower as poisonous. Oh. But they don't classify it as a controlled substance. So hmm. this means that you can legally purchase it and make uh, blue lotus teas, incense, and oils. It's also legal in most countries except for Poland, Russia, and Latvia. Interesting. So you can make tea with it. These are the ways you can consume it. Mm-hmm. And you can make tea with it, with the the blue flower part of it. Yeah. You make one, you add one pre-made tea bag and three to five grams of dried flowers to one to two cups of hot water. You let it steep for five to ten minutes, and then you drink it. So, you can smoke it. Yes. Oh, 
I think that was along my question is if you can smoke it, but also if it's labeled as poisonous and yet you can ingest it, is there like a controlled amount or is there too much that you can have there where it would be poisonous? Very little research done on this, so it's an extremely dangerous thing to, okay. to play with. That was my because if and you we eat, need to say for this podcast purposes, we do not condone no, 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 no. going out and trying this no, stuff. No, no, no. I'm just giving information yeah, this about is just it. Information. Because, um, like, my main like my main thought is, like, if you eat too many ban- bananas, it can be bad for you. I mean, so, true. like, if you have too much of anything, it's yeah, poisonous. Yeah, you want to do moderation in yes, anything yes. anyway. So, that was just my question, like. But you can smoke it. You can roll the dried flowers using rolling papers. Um, keep in mind that this method may cause significant psychoactive effects and should be used with caution. Okie dokie. You can vape it. You finely grind the flowers and you can add it to your vaporizer and you can inhale it that way. Interesting. You can put it into alcoholic beverages. Some people oh. infuse wine or alcoholic spirits with the flower, but due to the unknown safety of this, it's best to avoid it because they have no idea what the interactions might be. Yeah. Yeah. You can use it as massage oils or essential oils. You can purchase uh, blue lotus flower massage oil. Um, which can enter the body through the skin or nasal passages. Mm-hmm. Um, many claim that the, this form is less potent, so it's safer. Okay. But again, no research to say what this is all about. Yes. So then I was like, okay, this is starting to get pretty interesting. So mm-hmm. I went to this place, this website, jody-louise.com, and she loves this stuff. She says that, you know, each... Each day, the flowers go through a death and rebirth journey because they're water lilies. So they immerse themselves in the water at night, and then they rise up in the in the sun the very next day. So they symbolize sun, rebirth, and creation. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. She says, it is a beautiful potion for your body, mind, and soul. It is said to be a, great for enhancing your mood, improving liver function, Preventing fat absorption, calming the nervous system, stimulating dopamine, which I read in more than one place. Okay. Boosting the metabolism, invoking deep meditation, lowering cholesterol, reducing stress, clearing mucus. Wow. Strengthening the immune system, preventing heavy menstruation, and supporting fertility, increased libido, reducing inflammation, deepening sleep, and re reaching a lucid dream state. Wow. And again, these are all just from a website and we are just reiterating uh, information that we found. If you are to do anything, we are not doctors. We are not anybody that can tell you what to do. So do your own research, consult in a doctor before you do anything. Correct. Um, She likes to use it. Her, her favorite thing I think is the tea. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but she says you can smoke it. You can do it as an aromatherapy. You can do it topically or internally, like we I said before. Mm-hmm. Um, her favorite is the tea. She says that once you consume the tea, that the full effects of it are experienced at around 25 minutes after you drink it. She says the effects vary from person to person. Mm-hmm. She said it has a very sweet aroma that warms her heart. It also, she says, works on the pituitary gland, which supports your body to regulate feminine hormones, bringing them back into balance, which might be why it helps you from having heavy periods. Yeah. 
And then there was a testimonial about the stuff that you can, you can buy this stuff online. Mm-hmm. And one of the testimonials said, having experienced most of the indigenous psychotropics, I can say that Blue Lotus is the most unusual of them all. It's not hallucinogenic or an out-of-body experience, but instead a deep meditative trance state, which clears the mind. Amazing stuff. Interesting. Again, there's been little research done on it, so we don't we don't know. Mm-hmm. So that was what I found on the Blue Lotus. That what, what was your first? Very interesting. I decided to do lavender. Okay. Because I have started the journey of learning how to grow lavender. I have plenty of mint and sage and chamomile and everything that I would want. But I haven't delved into trying to grow lavender. And it is a pleasing scent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm really struggling with it. I'm... Really? Yeah, I learned that I've been keeping it in too much heat. It needs a oh. nice, like, not cold, but cooler. And where I am, like, where I live, it's very hot in direct mm-hmm. sunlight. So it hasn't been growing. And so I found that after I moved it, it's been doing a lot better. So I wanted to talk about lavender. And I don't okay. have any of those fun stories or <laughs> anything that you have. Mine is just basically informative information. Okay. So I have a little bit of history on lavender. So some common names for lavender, and I cannot <laughs> pronounce it. Uh, lavendula angufolia. Okay. <laughs> I know I butchered <laughs> that. I know I butchered that. But it includes English lavender, French lavender, and true lavender. Those are also like other names. Some of the earliest record uses of lavender are by Roman soldiers who used the wild-growing plant to perfume their bath water okay. <laughs> and wash their clothes. Its name is derived from the Latin uh, louvre, which means to wash in French. And oh, yeah. I, I took French, so I knew that. Thought that was interesting. Still can't pronounce it. <laughs> lavender is also asso- associated with like the el- element of air. Okay. So characteristics of lavender are like the evergreen leaves can be a bluish appearance and grow from from one to one and three quarters of an inch long. The flower bloom, the flowers bloom on one and a half, like from one and a half inch to two and a half inch spikes. Mm-hmm. Lavender requires full sun and excellent soil drainage in order to thrive, but not heat. So sun, but right. not heat. And that's very hard. Okay. Um, its scent is relaxing and can be uplifting at all the same time. It's a very calming. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I love lavender. Like don't the we smell of lavender. See lavender as being something that's associated with bedtime baths and. That yes, kind of thing. it's very. It's a calming. I see a lot of lavender when you. It's like a stress relief smell. Like mm-hmm. with like Bath and Body Works, my um, mother-in-law loves that lavender stress relief smell so we always get it for her for mother's day or something like that okay so that's what i associate that smell with and and i do like my candles obviously Mm -hmm. i love Mm -hmm. my candles but scented candles are my favorite and my husband usually goes for the lavender so we have quite a few lavender see he's a witch too he just doesn't know it uh, he would shake in his boots (laughs) (laughs) if, if you said that to him um, it can also be placed in your pillow to help you sleep or mix with essential yeah, oils as aromatherapy. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. That's what I had heard that. Yeah. So some of the magical properties. Lavender is a wonderful 
lavender is wonderful, not a wonderful, is wonderful for use in edible and elixirs as well as spells and charms, often called the woman's herb, quote, woman's herb. I wonder why. Lavender is associated with spells related to calmness. See, women are just calm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That seems to be saying that women need to be made calm. I don't know. I feel like it's saying, I don't know what it's saying. Women's herb. That's written by a woman, so hopefully. It's purple blossoms resonate with the crown chakra, making this herb auspicious. Yeah. Auspicious. auspicious. It makes this herb auspicious for spiritual attunement. Oh, nice. And that's all I have on lavender. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. You want me to go to my next one? Sure. I chose mugwort as my second one. Okay, nice. It is also lucid dreaming, astral travel, divination, protection against psychic attacks, which I found interesting. Oh. And uh, past life regression. Oh. Right? Okay. Now we're talking. <laughs> so I went to www.learningreligions.com. Okay. And found some basic information about it. It says, Mugwort is an herb that is found fairly regularly in many modern pagan magical practices. Okay. It, from its use as an incense to smudging or in smell... And smell work. Spell work. <laughs> smell work. The, the smudging might be the smell work. <laughs> incense. Um, mugwort is highly versatile, easy to grow. Um, and so that's good. I wonder, maybe you should try to grow that one. Maybe. I, I mean, I'm starting to learn more diverse herbs and mm-hmm. stuff, but I sure have killed a lot of plants learning. <laughs> I've got lots of yards, so mm-hmm. I've got room to grow herbs. Yeah. I might have to cultivate an herb garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, mugwort is often associated with the female reproductive system, perhaps because of its associations with the moon. Okay. And can be used to bring on delayed menstruation, which is interesting. I wonder hmm. if that was something that... Women used in the past, you know, I'm going to be married. I want to not have my period on my wedding, on my honeymoon. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I feel like periods are just a drain and drag altogether. So. Well, delaying, it's not going to, I mean, to to make it go away would be great. I mean, like maybe like, oh, I have a vacation to go on. Something. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I just don't see why. Yeah, I'm not sure either. It was believed uh, to preserve the wayfarer. From fatigue, sunstroke, wild beasts, and evil spirits generally. <laughs> so a crown made from its sprays was worn on St. John's Eve to gain security from evil possession. Okay. Mugwort was used in Anglo-Saxon Britain to cure people who had fallen victim to, quote, elf shot. Elf shot. Like E-L-F. Elf shot, S-H-O-T, which appears to have been a catch-all term used to apply to people who had become sick, their illnesses being blamed upon invisible arrows of the fae. Oh. Isn't that interesting? That's interesting. The first thing that popped up in my head was like, you know, like those Santa movies and I like with the pointy oh, ear elf holding, a, elves, holding yeah. a gun going pew. No. We're, we're. <laughs> I uh, know these are little invisible fey people. Okay, okay, that makes um, more not, sense. Not the Christmas elves. more sense. Yeah, it was just green and red elves. Like in some <laughs> magical traditions, mugwort is associated with divination and dreaming. If someone has overactive dreams, they can be balanced out with a ritual bath made from mugwort and indulged in prior to bedtime. Okay, so maybe people who have nightmares might want to take a mugwort bath. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, to, to help you not have those overactive, quote, overactive dreams. Yeah. You can start and end your ritual with mugwort. It's and, and the shamanic pra- practices, it is associated with purification. Oh. So you can purify your spell work area or your ritual area yeah. to start with. And at the end of it, you want to cleanse the, the ritual area. Yeah. yeah. For uses, it says, and I, I, I came across several different websites, and they all have different discussions about uses. But this website said you can use... Uh, mugwort for baths or incense and rituals focusing on treating depression. Okay. You can make a set of smudge sticks using dried mugwort to use in ritual settings, bringing about prophecy or divinatory needs. Place mugwort under your pillow to prevent astral attacks or to ward off psychic attacks from those who would do you harm. Okay. Plant mugwort in your garden to attract the fae. Burn mugwort as part of an incense blend celebrating Letha, which we mm-hmm. talked about mm-hmm. Letha. We did. Make a wash by steeping mugwort in hot water and then use it to clean your magical space or your ritual tools, which I thought was neat. Mm-hmm. Make protection oil for your home and property with mugwort. Or you can cr- create a magic broom or besom with mugwort woven into it and use it to sweep negative energies from your home. And you can also put baby grease on the edge of it so you can yeah, fly. Yeah, and then you could fly. Oh, man. Um, the EnchantmentCreekHerbs.com talked about mugwort um, and the flavor of it. They said that mugwort is a bitter herb, but it's mm-hmm. not just a, a bitter herb. She is a dream weaver. Oh. The energies of the crone, the wise woman, and the mother. She is a story keeper and purifier, which that seems to be what everybody agrees on, that mugwort purifies. Yeah. Mugwort has long been um, been a long-time smoke medicine herb, purifying space and energies. Bodies, it, 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 purifying your body and your physical and spiritual body, um, offering clarity through dreams, meditations, and divine wisdom. Mm. And then otherworldlyoracle.com says that it is a flowering perennial herb with a long history in medicine and magical realms. In Europe, mugwort is used to flavor the Christmas goose. Oh. Because that bitter taste. I feel like it would have an earthy taste. It, I don't know. I feel like it's an earthy tried taste. It, but it, it balances that goose. That bitter taste balances that goose flesh and the goose meat uh-huh. um, to make it a wonderful accent. And okay. then in Japan and Korea, they flavor soups, stews, and traditional desserts with mugwort. Okay. The most popular magical property of mugwort is mugwort is the dream work. Mm-hmm. You drink a mugwort tea before bed and you'll receive some vivid and sometimes prophetic dreams. In addition to mugwort being a dreaming herb, it is also effective for the following. Opening the third eye, opening psychic abilities, attracting and ridding ghosts, okay. divination, protection, and cleansing. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink mugwort tea before bed and you'll receive those Drink those vivid dreams. Let's see more uses. Yeah, you can burn magic mugwort for spirit work. You can drink the tea for dreaming. 
you can use it in spell bags or the sachets I was talking about. This, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can use it as protection because it's protect uh, protective qualities. Yeah, you can use it as a hand wash. You can make it into a spray to cleanse your area, your home, and whatnot. Yeah, and you can make it a dream pillow to have close by for when you sleep. Interesting. So that's what I've got on mugwort. I like that. I feel like with it being like vivid dream wise, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want it because I I already have vivid dreams alone. Me too. Me too. But it that's very like nice. Like I didn't and, know any of that. And uh, there was about no mugwort. talk about it being poisonous. Poisonous like with or anything. The blue lotus. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. But again, even for mugwort, you do your research before you. Yes. We're not condoning anything. Yes, for sure. What's your second herb? So my second one is very common. It's sage. Yeah. I really wanted to talk about some sage, and I think this will be the last herb I talk about. Okay. And we will definitely do another episode on herbs. Definitely. For sure. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yes, so I only have, like, the history, magical properties, and et cetera on sage. Okay. So the sage is history. Sage's history. Sounds like I'm talking like a person, about a person. Sage is... I like the name Sage. I do too. Like, maybe for a dog. I I would like it for a kid. I know. I don't think my husband would like it. Yeah. I don't think my husband would either. We're, we're, We're getting a dog towards the end of the year, and we're fighting about the name of the dog, so I don't think, uh, a kid will be that easy. (laughs) So, sage is native to the Mediterranean region, and its use has been documented by Dioscorides. Dio, you can take a gander and... Okay, you, what you said sounds good. Okay, Dioscorides as a tropical, as a tropical as well as medicinal tea. Okay, oh. Tea. Interesting, Mm because to me, sage is most commonly used for like as a smudge, smudge sticks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I yeah, have which sage smudge sticks down down in my altar room, I guess. Yeah, you call it. yeah. I'm I started growing sage, and so it's interesting How to see fun. what we can do with the sage. And yeah. sage sticks were the first thing that I thought of, but there's so much more that you can do. Mm-hmm. It was used by it was first used by ancient Romans as a digestive aid and as a fertility aid by the Egyptians. Ariel, sweetie. In classical Greek society, sage was used as a preservative and a memory enhancement. Oh, I need that. (laughs) (laughs) I actually read somewhere that if you are forgetful and, like, leave things and forgetful and everything, Mm -hmm. means that you're actually, like, smarter than normal people because you have so much going on in your mind, back and forth, jumble. I agree with that. I've got, like... A million people in my head. Yeah. But you know what I heard about when you, you know how you walk into a room and you forget why you walk in there? Have I told you this story? I feel like we've talked about it before. We might have even talked about it on the podcast, but you walk into a room and you forget why you're in there. It's because you've walked through a spirit who has eaten your thoughts. Oh yeah. I remember saying that. But when I think of like going into a room that I've forgotten something, I feel like I'm like a sim. Because I used to play oh, Sims a lot when I was younger. Yeah, like, I don't know if we did it on the podcast. I'm not or just sure. I can't remember. But y'all, we have yeah. conversations like this all yeah, the time. All the time. I feel like I'm a Sim, and they're like, "No, no, no, no. She doesn't want to get water anymore." And so I go into the kitchen. I'm like, 
what am I in here for? <laughs> I just turn around, don't know what I'm in the kitchen for. Yeah. From the first millennium, sage has been cultivated with intention. Its name means salvation. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, turn change too much. So characteristics of sage. Uh, sage is well known and beloved is a beloved garden plant. A member of the mint family. Sage mint? really? Mm-hmm. Sage is characterized by its fuzzy leaves and flowers that range from blue to white and more frequently purplish pink. Interesting. It has been used extensively as a remedy and is cultivated in the temperate zones of North America and Europe. Okay. A perennial evergreen shrub, sage is used as healing herb, a culinary herb, and a magical herb. So the magical properties of sage is used for cleaning your tools and spaces like smudge sticks. You know, you cleanse your space. That's what I use it Mm -hmm. for. It is useful for invoking spiritual purity and for grounding and centering before any magical endeavor. Yeah, you know how mugwort supposedly is to be used to do that too, which I've never heard that. I always use sage. Yeah. I've never used sage before. I just haven't had the time. Smudge sticks because I, I make those that's that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Or we should make some together. Oh, that yes. That would be fun. Yes, that would be fun. It would be also a learning experience so yeah. if I ever needed to do that. Ooh. You'll have to come over again and make me dinner and then we can oh, make some Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, varieties of sage have been dried and combined with other herbs such as cedar and sweetgrass and used by indigenous Americans in like sacred smudging ceremony for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. This practice has been widely adopted by many neo-pagan practicing practitioners and witches. Mm-hmm. Sage is also used by modern witches in fertility magic and for invoking luck and prosperity. Nice. So that's all that I have on my herbs, but that definitely, those four herbs are not all the herbs in the world. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> there, I have a book full that I wish that we could just talk about in one sit-in, but that would be like a a 24-hour episode. Oh, definitely. So I'm excited to get to more, like, herbs and stuff later on in this podcast. And Me too. And I mean, we don't want to overwhelm you with just herbs for those of you who aren't into totally the into herbs. the herbs. I mean, I think it's interesting no matter what, you know, witches, I think, need to know the different herbs. But we're going to scatter it out throughout, although next week we might do more. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm really feeling like next week I want to talk about how you prep your herbs. So if yeah. you do grow your herbs, how you can prep them and use them in your magic. And Andrew Kiernan, in her book, she talks about the whole process from growing it all the way to making it into tinctures and potions and ointments and stuff. Yeah. So we could talk about that next week. Yeah. I feel like that would be a good topic or anything else. If Mm y'all recommend anything, you guys can recommend anything on any of our social media platforms (laughs) (laughs) on any of our social media platforms. We will reply. We will respond like, like we get excited when people comment and tell us like what they want. One comment that we did a, a, episode on from Instagram, but you all can email us. Mm-hmm. Email um, us, tweet we us. We poll the emails. Yeah, I've, yes. I've been working on our, our Twitter. And if you're lucky, River and I don't communicate, so you might get an email or a message back from both of us <laughs> at the same time. We did that to one poor person that <laughs> on Instagram. on Instagram, and we both, there was like four different comments from yeah, each of us. Because four persons. we both are logged in on our, our devices, and 
I didn't know that River was gonna comment back, so I was like, oh, I'll just do it. And then I went back and checked maybe 20 minutes later, and there were like five <laughs> comments, and I was like, oh, did you? And she she was like, yep, I did. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that poor guy, he was like, okay, these girls are really into this stuff. He seemed excited, so I hope you're still listening if you yes, are. Yes, Um, But yeah, I think that that's all that I have. Me too. Okay, well, you guys know where to find us on all of our social media at C3 Witchy Podcast. You can also check out our website, c3witchypodcast.com. That is where you will find all the links to our social medias as well as our link to our Patreon. Oh, and we have merch up for sale now. Oh, yes, our Ariel, sweetie. <laughs> we just got merch put up today. Mm-hmm. Um, we partnered with Dragoncraft Creations. Yes. And... If you go to our website, you can either go to their store at dragoncraftcreations.etsy.com and find it there, or you can go to our website at mm-hmm. C3 Witchy Podcast, and there's a link to the merch there. So yes. far, we've got tank tops, both racerback and regular. Yes. And, and I, we are working on other designs as well. So anything that you all want, yes. let us know. Yes. And we will work on getting it to you. Yes, we are working like double time trying to get fun designs and everything out. We're going to come out with more colors. We have, we're collaborating with Dragoncraft Creations. So thank you so much, Dragoncraft Creations, yes. for doing this with us. Um, we are both excited because it's March. Like, who doesn't want to wear your own stuff? I like, know. you know, talk about like being self-centered. My podcast is the best, you know, <laughs> but it's true. Like we love this stuff. And if you want to see anything on a shirt, just let us know. Yeah. I'm sure that Dragoncraft Creations can do it. They're, they're pretty cool. You should go check out their stuff. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>